You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Brian Brown, your co-host bringing you the daily updates from the University of Utah Athletic Department and all the teams that play therein. We have another huge show for you today as the search for the new men's basketball coach continues. We'll bring you all the updates and talk a little bit about why the University of Utah ended up in this situation in the first place and also mix in a little bit of Pac-12 news as the conference continues its run through the NCAA tournament. Then we'll transition to spring ball and talk a little bit about the quarterback room at the University of Utah. It's been declared that there are six potential starters in that room. Is that truly the case? What opportunities do players like Bryson Barnes, Cooper Justice, and Peter Costelli really have to start? Then we'll close out the show with some updates on where gymnastics or who gymnastics will be competing against in the NCAA tournament, a midweek game for Utah baseball, and all the Utah athletic stories that come along with that. Right here on the Locked on Utes podcast for March 23rd, 2021. It's another great day to be a Ute here on the Locked On Utes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for joining me, my Utah family and friends. My name is Brian Brown. I am the co-host here on the Locked On Utes podcast, which is brought to you by Built Bar and RockAuto.com. We have another loaded show for you today. We are going to be talking about the same thing that we've been talking about just about every single day since the news broke a week ago. The Utah basketball coaching search. And there have been a few updates that have come along uh, in recent days regarding the primary candidate, Alex Jensen. It was confirmed by Jeff Goodman, a national uh, college basketball football reporter, that Utah Jazz assistant and former Ute standout Alex Jensen set to interview with AD Mark Harland for the Utah head coach opening, a source told him. Two other names in the mix, Utah State's Craig Smith and Nick's assistant and XU Johnny Bryant. From what we've heard, from what we've been able to gather, me, myself, Jake Hatch, the crew over at Ute Zone, there does seem to be a lot of confusion about who really is involved outside of Alex Jensen. It is clear that he is the primary candidate that the University of Utah favors him above all else. We've discussed why the job might or might not be interesting to Alex Jensen. I think that with the performance of the Pac-12 in the NCAA tournament, where they now have four teams in the Sweet 16, including two teams that will face off against each other, the potential to have a Final Four team from the Pac-12 is super high right now. That might be a very enticing thing from him right now. The problem with that is simply that he is dead in the middle of one of the probably greatest seasons in jazz history since the 90s. Uh, Currently in first place, and and I know that I'm more than likely preaching to the choir with how well the jazz have done this season. 
because most fans who listen to Locked On Utes likely either listen to Locked On Jazz or follow the Jazz or have some sort of association with the Jazz, whether they want to or not, because it is the real, I mean, it's the flagship professional sports team of the, of the state, without a doubt. And thus, it, there was a question posed to Quinn Snyder in the pregame uh, press conference when the Jazz played the the Bulls about Alex Jensen and, and the coaching vacancy up on the hill. And his response was, was interesting. Um, he is a very deep thinker, and, and he I think he phrases things very articulately in his own way. It's interesting how he puts different uh, emphasis on how he composes his sentences compared to other people. Maybe that's just something that I noticed because I, I, I wrote primarily before stepping into the podcast world. I've always wanted to do podcasting and radio and whatnot. And so maybe because I try to speak for a living or or for a hobby at this point, really, um, maybe I noticed those things a little bit more than most people. But he said this, he's incredibly important to our program and to me personally in so many ways, whether it be game management, the things that people see the most of, our preparation process and teaching, he just checks all those boxes. I can say again how valuable Alex is and what a talented coach he is, and he'll be successful as a head coach sometime here in the future, end quote. So you can read that a couple different ways. You can say that that's Quinn pitching how great a coach he is, but I don't think he needs to do that. Uh, People have already reported that he's interviewed for head coaching positions in the NBA before. He's had offers before, but he's turned them down because it wasn't the right situation, and I think there's always this association with those of us who are in the normal world that you would always take that head coaching position anytime it was offered for you. The the money is life-changing. The uh, potential to win is life-changing. We're always told how competitive these guys are and how badly they want to win, and, and then that that's all they really want to do. And maybe that's the difference with Alex Jensen is that he's not designed – in, in that manner where he is willing to do anything to be a head coach. He, he, he seems to be very comfortable with Quinn Snyder. I know that Quinn is incredibly demanding. He's worked for two incredibly demanding bosses, but that's part of what's so appealing about Alex Jensen as a head coaching candidate. I think is he is so able to go with the flow in terms of whoever he's working for or working with and, and his ability to, to relate to a variety of people especially those who are incredibly passionate and, and well, how do you describe Rick Majerus? You know what I mean? But Rick absolutely loved Alex and ended up hiring him as an assistant when he was at St. Louis. That's kind of where he got his coaching start. Quinn Snyder's staff has been consistently raided since he's been a head coach in the NBA, and the one constant to that staff is Alex Jensen. And so to me, it feels like Quinn is sending out a public message to of not so much supporting Alex in terms of his potential as a head coach, but in saying, Hey, I need you. We we're in a uncharted waters in, in terms of where this franchise has been previously, where we actually have a chance to pursue a title. And you're seeing that LeBron James is injured now. Who knows how much that lingers, who much knows how much that affects them. But that's all the jazz need is, is to get a break like that, to be able to, to contend for an NBA title and maybe two breaks. Who knows? But it very much feels like to me that Quinn is pleading with him, saying, you are so important to what we're doing, we can't lose you right now. 
there are going to be opportunities down the road. Remember that. And I don't think Alex Jensen is unaware of that. I do believe that he is earnestly pursuing the job at the University of Utah. He wouldn't have accepted an interview if he wasn't honestly interested. But as someone told me, that the University of Utah is always going to be there for Alex. And, and that's the truth. He doesn't need to take this job right now. I don't think they're going to hire a candidate that's going to be there for another decade like Larry Kraskoviak was. Even if they do find the right candidate that does turn the program around, unless it's somebody like Johnny Bryan or somebody who is just so dedicated to staying in Utah, uh, within five or six years, there's a good chance that that coach will move on to a different program as well. Utah is a great job. There's no doubt about it. The facilities are top-notch. Likely top third in the conference, if not higher, some of the best in the West. But basketball has become, especially college basketball, has become primarily an East Coast sport, which is what makes this Pac-12 run so much more bizarre. And the Pac-12 has been really disrespected in a lot of ways over the years. They've struggled. I think a big component to that has been the shift in scheduling to where it was so important to have your out-of-conference scheduling be the key component. And then all of a sudden it was, well, you can't just win games out of conference. You have to play the best teams out of conference. But we're not going to penalize you if you lose. But then you go through your Pac-12 schedule and everybody ends up at 19 and 17 or, or barely wins 20 games. And everybody looks at them and says, well, why were you guys so bad? And now we're seeing that the Pac-12, for whatever reason, is showing out and, and performing well. And I think some of it is the fact that you have capable head coach at UCLA in Mick Cronin. Colorado, who would have been a tournament team last year, showed well. Wayne Tinkle has had an incredible year with that team. They've really caught fire. And, and he has always been a good coach and had a good program there. I think they just really haven't caught breaks and, and developed the way that they had hoped. And so... We're seeing a few of those things happen in addition to the fact that Andy Enfield has finally got his talent going downhill. That program's never been short on talent. And Evan Mobley seems to be the perfect kind of player for that USC team where he's not selfish. And, and I think that's kind of rare for some of the guys that they've had in there before where they've just stopped in for their year and wanted to play and get out. And, and so that, in addition to Oregon, which has been very consistently very good in the tournament, um, and, and it's just, I mean, it's weird to see it, but at the same time, it's not entirely unexpected given everything that we've seen. And, and so I think the perception of the conference is absolutely changing. It's, it's luck, complete luck that this is happening, but what a fortuitous benefit for the Pac-12 network or well for the conference and for the network because they're going to get paid a ton of money out of this I think it's 30 million dollars over six years will be roughly how much they've collected so far and that's without really knowing what the end goal is but it's every unit counts every game that they play in counts towards 300k for that year and so they're just racking up those units and then that goes on the six-year stretch like like we talked about the other day and so it's not crazy to think that if a coach does well at Utah that they might move on to either a, a bigger program on the East Coast or even an NBA franchise for that matter. I think that those NBA jobs are becoming more and more coveted just because I, I've tried to express how difficult recruiting is now. It is a year-long thing. It is very time-consuming. These kids are not easy to recruit. It is as someone who's worked with high school kids, it is very hard to connect with these kids at times because they don't get the same adult interactions that maybe some of us had growing up. They definitely don't have the same interactions that 
people like my parents or aunts and uncles had or people who are even older than me and, and I'm getting to be middle aged these days. And so it can be very difficult to connect with them. It's why we see young guys having such success in football with recruiting. I think Kyle McDonald is a great example. Chad Bumfus uh, got an offer out already to a very talented wide receiver in California. And so we're seeing that these younger guys, Britton Covey talked about it, that they can have a little bit more fun with Bump because he's he's – He's younger. He identifies a little bit more with our jokes. These kids aren't so much looking for the Rick Majerises of their lives as they are the Kerry Rupps. And what I mean by that is the people that they can connect with and bond with and have relationships with. It is a very different world. And, and so that can be very difficult if you're not in that scope or in that realm uh, fully invested. And, and so I think there's a lot of good reasons why a coach maybe would take that Utah job as a stepping stone. Regardless. Point being that Alex can turn this down. He can wait another year or two for the right head coaching job to open up if that's his preference. Or he can wait another four to five years. He's never going to get let go from the Jazz. That's just the bottom line. So he'll have that job for as long as he wants it. If he wants to stay with the Jazz, he'll likely get a raise out of this too. I I don't see a scenario where the Jazz are going to try and nickel and dime him. And so if he's not fully invested or if he's not able to get the staff that he wants in there, that's one reason why I could see him passing. Now, the fact that he is going to interview, that he is going to take it seriously, I think holds some promise. Um, but at the same time, it's just there are so many reasons why he could wait. And if it were me, and I have no inside knowledge about his thoughts or anything like that, but speaking for myself, if it were me, I would have a hard time leaving one of the best situations in terms of potential to win or do something incredible for an entire franchise, for an entire state, for an entire fan base in the middle of that season and not be able to finish it out. And that for me would be very, very difficult. No matter how much I love my alma mater, no matter how much I want to be a, a head coach, no matter all that kind of stuff, you have the potential to finish this season with the Jazz and possibly get a ring for a franchise that has never won one before, for one that was completely written off in the offseason with a group of players that, for the most part, are castaways and afterthoughts. That is a very, very powerful motivator, and I could completely understand if Alex Jensen felt the same way. Another winning franchise that you should all be sticking with is rockauto.com. We talk about them all the time here on the show. I'm a huge fan of rockauto.com. Had to order some brake pads the other day, and I was blown away at how much better the price was at rockauto.com, how easy it was to get the right pads, the variety of pads that they had available. For me, I have a specific brand that I like in terms of brake pads, a specific uh, style, all that kind of thing, and then they had it right there, ready to go, prices, labeled, front, rear, super easy to find. And that's everything that makes rockauto.com what it is. Easy to find the parts, lowest prices, the right parts, the right time, right away, dropped off at your doorstep, ready to go. Your car is back up and running immediately as soon as you get those parts in there. It is such an easy website to use. Just go to rockauto.com. Get the parts that you need. Be a try-it-yourselfer or a do-it-yourselfer. Rather than paying that mechanic down the street, half your stimmy check just to try and get your tires rotated. 
rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Like I said, you know your vehicle best. You've got that giant book that you used to see at the parts counter right in front of you on your computer screen. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. Make sure to write in locked on on their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you rockauto.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back here on the Locked On Utes podcast with a reminder to make sure that you go subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast. It will give you all the sports news that you need in less time. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with contribution of local experts from the Locked On podcast network, obviously. You can find that wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe. It's a great way to start your day, just like myself and Jay Catch do every single day. But another subject that I want to talk about today, so we could even call it the Locked On Newts on today podcast note uh is the quarterback room for the university of utah football team and i know this is a massive transition that everybody is buried in in coaching search and and what's going to happen with the basketball program it's great to see so many people interested in in the future of the program especially because it did such a it did have such a proud past but i want to talk qbs and i want to talk spring ball because that's always my lane and we're always best when we stay in the lanes that we know Uh, Don't go chasing waterfalls. Just stick to those rivers and the lanes that you're used to, as my friend Hans Olsen would likely say. There are six quarterbacks in the quarterback room, y'all. Two of them are walk-ons. But let me tell you something. It is quite clear from everything that we're hearing out of camp that the University of Utah is stacked at the quarterback position. Britton Covey was uh, pretty, I guess... Uh, descriptive in terms of uh, when asked what the two best attributes of Charlie Brewer were. He said that he was one of the most athletic in the, in the pocket quarterbacks that, that he's worked with. And and now that we look at it, like Britain's worked with a ton of quarterbacks, right? Uh, Tyler Huntley, uh, Troy Williams. It, it just, there are a lot of guys out there that he's now caught passes from now that he's been there so long. Um, uh, but his movement in the pocket and keeping his eyes downfield, quick release and throws into tight windows. And that really comes from a guy who's played in a Big 12 program with a Big 12 system. Those are the kinds of things that the Big 12 covets. You have to be able to fit balls into tight windows. And you have to be able to move around in the pocket, keep your eyes downfield, and be under pressure. We saw with Jake Bentley last year, that was the biggest problem. He would get out of the pocket and... and I know that a lot of people loved his pocket presence. I didn't necessarily love it, but I understand why people did. And it's because you saw him escaping the rush. But what he didn't do well is he didn't stay on platform. He didn't stay within balance. 
he didn't move and relocate and keep his eyes downfield. It was always about escaping and getting outside. And sometimes it worked to his favor because he was able to rush for extra yardage. There were a couple drives where he kind of got, or a couple games where he kind of got drives kickstarted with long rushing gains escaping the pocket. Where I think Charlie Brewer is different is he's a little bit more of an athlete than Bentley was. And I don't mean in terms of straight line speed or anything like that. Charlie Brewer is a true running quarterback. And I think because of that, he has a better sense of how to move in the pocket, where to move, how to avoid things while still completing the passes. And I think that being able to throw balls quickly and and get them out, that was part of the reason why Jake Bentley got into trouble so much last year was two and a half, three seconds. He's still holding on to the ball and everybody's saying, oh no, the rush is getting to him. Well, some of the plays, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you folks, if you go back and watch the film, some of these plays are one, two, three, throw. And it shouldn't have been more than a second or two where he's holding on to the ball. So that being said, Charlie Brewer is already light years ahead of what what the University of Utah had last year. Uh, Things that I'm hearing now is that this is not a Jake Bentley situation, that they're already much more impressed with what Brewer can do. But they also have several other quarterbacks in the stable. Cam Rising, not able to compete this year, but he'll likely know the team and the system better than anyone else. And if he can come into camp healthy in the fall, he should absolutely be neck and neck with Brewer there. They are very similar, I think, in, in how they how they play the release, the ability to, to move both inside the pocket and be athletic. You add to that Jaquindon Jackson, who I've stated that they're, I'm a huge fan of because I think that his ability in the running game could be very, very positive for the University of Utah, especially if they decide that that's the direction they want to go in. Now, Kyle Whittingham said in in his Monday press conference that they need to find a better balance in terms of running and passing. That doesn't mean that you have to abandon the the running game altogether. And that would be my argument for, for JJ, so to speak, is that he can run the ball, he can bring defenses up, and you can go over the top with that. Just so happens that Utah's got some pretty significant deep threats in Britton Covey and Jalen Dixon. Those are speedy guys who can get beyond a defense, especially as safeties and linebackers start to creep up and buy in on play-action fakes or RPOs or whatever it is. You can't discount Brant Keithy's ability as a deep threat either, simply because he's such a difficult matchup for so many people. You can move him all over the field, and he can be super effective. We also don't know what other wide receivers might be coming in through the transfer portal. We have seen Utah work the transfer portal for other positions. It did not work out of the wide receiver position, part of the reason why a coaching change was made there. But I would expect Utah to go all in on whatever wide receiving targets they can find in there and try and bring one in through through the portal after spring ball is over. That could be another deep threat that you add to the program. All this lines up to say that J.J. Jaquinnon Jackson could be another potential quarterback. So that kind of leaves the bottom three, the new guys, so to speak, in Bryson Barnes, a walk-on from Milford, uh, Cooper Justice, a walk-on from the state of Oregon, and Peter Castelli, the heralded four-star recruit from from California who was here spring ball early, wasn't able to complete his senior year of football. And Castelli has come into camp much better prepared than I think the staff was expecting. 
simply because he's been able to put in so much work. He's gained weight. He is a big athletic quarterback. Now, he's going to take some time to transition because it doesn't matter how good or how hard you work at the high school level. The college level is just faster. But I think his mentality and and the work that he's done has prepared him more so than maybe four-star prospects in the past. We're not going to name names on this pad on this podcast, but that to me puts Castelli in there as as a guy who could step in and play if needed. Cooper Justice is no slouch though. He was a guy that Utah discovered late in the cycle. The thought was that he was just going to play ba- baseball, and so a lot of schools just kind of ignored him. Utah followed up on him, and Andy Ludwig reached out and said, well, what are you thinking? He said, well, I think I'd rather play football. And all of a sudden, boom, there it is. Now, he did walk on initially at the University of Utah um, simply because the initial situation, the scholarship situation, was, was a little bit risky. But he is a massive uh, – massive athletic player and and it's fascinating to me because you keep hearing him mentioned Nick Ford mentioned him when he was talking about working with the quarterbacks on on QB Center Exchange he mentioned Peter Costelli he's mentioned JJ and and Charlie so that leads me to think that Cooper Justice probably has an opportunity to make some impact at in the QB room in the QB position how much probably not going to be the starter but I think more than anything, with a guy who is 6'6", 235, and that is a legit 6'6", 235, he absolutely looks the part as a QB. Had a great senior season out of Lake Ridge High School. Uh, 17 TDs, 6 interceptions for 1,800 yards, and, and 100 carries for 400 yards and 8 rushing touchdowns. So another guy who couldn't run and pass. And for a guy who's 6'6", he really does run well. And that leads us to the final one, which is Bryson Barnes, a walk-on out of Milford High School, the son of a coach. And and honestly, as I track recruiting, especially locally, one of my favorite prospects. Barnes was kind of an under-the-radar guy, uh, but I do know that there were college coaches in the state who thought incredibly highly of him, thought that he was a D1-level starter, and were very hopeful that he wouldn't get any attention from big schools. Obviously, Utah was on the ball with that one. They knew what was going on with Barnes, uh, knew who he was. Some of his numbers, just so you know, he was the uh, three-time first-team All-State in 1A. He's the 1A MVP 2018 as a junior. Set the Utah State record for career touchdown passes with 137. Thirty-five hundred yards passing, thirty-nine touchdowns his senior year, with six hundred twenty-five rushing yards on sixteen rushing touchdowns. He also played both ways, going offense and defense. Had one hundred fifteen career tackles and four career interceptions as a safety. I honestly thought when he got to the University of Utah he was going to move to safety, but apparently he has been very impressive. Uh, Maybe it has something to do with raising roughly 12,000 pigs in a barn in southern Utah. I don't know. But Kyle Whittingham singled him out as a guy that they were very impressed with. And so now as we've gone through this whole thing, it is very clear that there are tiers to this, right? We have Charlie Brewer, Cam Rising. I think those are your tier number one guys. I think JJ and Peter Costelli are likely your tier number two guys. And then you have Justice and Barnes in your tier three. The difference is, is that this is not the the days of, of having just random names thrown thrown out there on a roster. These are all legit 
potential quarterback prospects that, if needed, could step in and play. So if Cam Rising can't go, you have Charlie Brewer, who is a legit Tier 1 starter caliber quarterback. If something happens to Brewer and Rising can't play, you have two guys in that Tier 2 who may be lacking experience, do have physical tools that can help them get the job done. And even more so, there are guys that if Utah tailors their offense to more of a running quarterback style, they can still get the job done and be effective in, in protecting the football. Then you go on to Tier 3. So heaven forbid that you have that many injuries or that many issues or maybe somebody gets this disgruntled again and, and transfers out. It's hard to predict exactly what could happen in the course of a season. You have two essentially walk-on backups, guys who chose to come to the University of Utah despite knowing that they were going to face stiff competition, who are still up there competing and pushing the rest of the room. And and not only that, but they're getting other guys around them better because their play is, is up to a level that – can help improve their teammates, whether they're playing on scout team or whatever else. And so that depth, we've talked about it before, the importance of having walk-ons and guys who are truly invested in the program more so than their themselves. And I do believe that both Justice and Barnes do fit that role, that they're guys who really want to be in the program and have acclimated well. I do feel like Cooper Justice has a good relationship with center Nick Ford. I think that's very promising. Uh, you know, good character guys right there. Uh, Nick Ford is a guy who I truly do trust to have, you know, a good choice of character and everything like that. And so those are guys who can help keep and maintain the culture as, as things come in and out. And I think we're, Likely seeing some of that as Utah's brought in two new transfer QBs. And Cam Rising mentioned it in another press conference that the QB room is is supportive and it's competitive and that he was actually excited when they brought in the new guys because it, it juiced him up. He was excited for it. And if those are the guys that are in the room welcoming the other guys in, it's no reason that Jaquin and Jackson just raves about the family atmosphere and everything else as he gets in there. So there is a lot of potential on tiers in that QB room. And as it stands right now, Charlie Brewer looks to be the starter. That obviously will, will, will play out as it will throughout the course of the season, and we'll keep track of that. But it is a fascinating development that Utah goes from essentially not having much in the QB room last year once Cam Rising went down, basically having Jake Bentley and Drew Lisk for the most part, to now suddenly having three tiers worth of, of quarterback options, all of which who have strengths and or abilities to maintain the offensive output if needed, if things do go haywire. Things going haywire seems to be a common theme this week, especially in the NCAA tournament. If you had selected the Pac-12 and just consistently bet them, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament, you would have won six out of eight games. And that's a lot of money that you could have made had you gone to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Obviously, there's a few games left in the tournament. It is well worth your time to go sign up at betonline.ag. It is super easy to do. You can go to the website, use your mobile device. Either one will work. Use that promo code locked on. Get a 50% welcome bonus. Go out Start betting on the Pac-12. Start getting your Bill Waltons in order. Throw them all on the teams to cover, UCLA, whatever it is. Whatever channel 
whatever Bill Walton's been channeling to get this thing going. Let's ride that pony to the finish, and let's see how we can do chasing the Pac-12 to the very end. But Ben Online has you covered for any opportunity that you might want to bet on awards tv shows reality tv nba we have fcs football nhl all going full swing whatever it is that you want to do go to betonline.ag sign up make it easy use that promo code locked on to get your 50 percent welcome bonus betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts Built Bar Madness continues with a massive Tuesday matchup. Chocolate Brownie Chunk, my personal favorite, my overall number one seed, my Gonzaga versus Lemon Almond Cheesecake. That's going to be Jake Hatch's number one seed. And I got to tell you, everybody, go to BuiltBar.com. Vote for Chocolate Brownie Chunk, even if you've never had it. Sometimes they have it. Sometimes they don't. We need to show them that they need to produce this flavor all the time. It is, without a doubt, my favorite flavor of the Built Bar. If that's not your cup of tea or your cup of Built Bar, there are so many delicious flavors of Built Bar that you can go vote for. Cookies and cream, rolling onward, coconut puff, doing well, mint brownie, making their charge, cookie dough crunch, still in it, waiting for the winner of coconut versus birthday cake from Monday, all that laid ahead, but the best part about going to BuiltBar.com is that you can get 15% off with the promo code LOCKEDON15, again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON15, all one word. 15% off your order. Three to five days later, arriving on your doorstep. The most delicious protein bars on the planet with low calorie, low sugar, high whey whey protein, the most important kind of protein, and high fiber to match that amazing taste. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON15. Get your Built Bar and go compete in the Built Bar Madness. Just a few news and notes here as we wrap up the show for today. The Ute Gymnastics team earns a number two seed at the local Salt Lake City Regional. That will take place at uh, Maverick Center. Um, Ticket information for the Salt Lake City Regional will be announced. uh, Should have been announced by the time you listen to this, along with all the guidelines. Uh, It looks like they're going to allow 2,500 spectators at the regional. Um, That will be happening, like I said, at maverick center so if you want to go watch in person uh it should be an exciting second round uh the bracket looks as follows uh salt lake city session one it'll be utah arizona state boise state and southern utah uh session two will be lsu kentucky utah state and temple slash arizona the youth should have a good opportunity to advance from the regional and we wish the red rocks the best of luck as they compete in the ncaa regional Hoping for a continuance of the 2021 theme, which is Rangs for the University of Utah Athletic Department, already started by the ski team. Also in action this week, the the Ping and Utes come back into action. They will be at home Tuesday, March today, March 23rd, 4 p.m. at Smith's Ballpark. Uh, they'll be playing a midweek game against Dixie State. It'll be a good chance for them to get back home, get on. Get on track. Dusty Schramm will be pitching for the Utes. Uh, his first start since 2019. And there will be a limited number of spectators. We mentioned that you can go purchase tickets at utahutes.com. And they will have 
all the information there for you if you want to go watch the games as, as things start to open up. I know everyone is likely feeling like me where they're anxious to get back to normal and anxious to get it back to viewing sporting events. So good opportunity to go support the Utes if you can. Uh, 4 p.m. first pitch for that one at Smith's Ballpark today. That is it for today's show. Thank you for hanging in with me, everyone. I appreciate all of you, all the kind words and, and notes and everything from everybody. It always makes a massive difference for us as, as we put together this podcast. And we thank you for listening. We thank you for subscribing, for rating, for reviewing, for giving us five stars only on Apple Podcasts. We also thank you for visiting all of our sponsors and for uh, continuing to build this. The, the, the feedback on social media, the numbers have, have always been outstanding for this podcast. And they're just continuing to get better. And that's all because of you. So thank you so much for that. I'm going to stop talking now. I'm going to let you go about your day. Have a great day, everybody. Remember, it's always a great day to be a Ute. And this has been the Locked on Utes podcast for March 23rd, 2021.